We're at that time of year in our liturgical year where we talk about the end times, destruction, the gloom and doom. And I think all of us have a sense of what those end times are somewhat like. I feel that we know the feelings of anxieties, the worries, the chaos of being overwhelmed. Many different things enter into our lives where we feel that our, we can barely keep our heads above water. We have sleep, sleepless nights and restlessness. Yeah, I think we all know what the end times are like, what the end of the semester may be like for some students, what it means to be worried about being able to pay the next bill, what it means to be worried about those due dates at work or those projects that are coming to an end, we know what the end times are like because we experience it here on earth already. And for myself, not being too far from college and grad school, I remember all the papers that were due, the additional assignments, all coming due at once. And certainly it can feel like the end of the world for us ourselves. In fact, the only thing perhaps getting us through Maybe that sight of Thanksgiving, gathering with families and friends and being able to take a break and in a, from the inevitable to, to, be, to be able to postpone it, to, to just relax, to catch up, to see what the joys are. And see, we have that light, that sense, that glimmer of light at the end of the tunnel, especially in this moment especially if we relate it to that of thinking of Thanksgiving, of coming together. What is it that we, we see? What is that light? We have that hope that in a couple weeks, in a week and a half, Thanksgiving will be here. For students, it's, well, I get to take a break because all of those papers are coming due and so I can finish them. For, for at the job, it's that work assignment is almost done. And once it's done, I can take a deep breath of a sigh of a relief. Or that bill that's been weighing over us, we've paid it. And so it's just that exhaustion, that, that, that idea of being able to, to relieve that stress. And it's such a joy. We have that hope and that rationality. The more people get involved, the greater the stress is. In these moments, it seems like, and the unease and the chaos just kind of gets that much more. We think of the things like illness of loved ones, divorce, the different scandals that arises in our world, the different deadlines that arises in the wars that are happening around us. We can definitely we can psychoanalyze all of these things. We can rationalize it but it remains all too real of us because it's part of our history of that, that what's going on, that the end times are near, the end times are happening. And today in the scriptures, what comes into play for us is that we have, and it, it's made sense. The gospel talks about the end times. The, the first reading is the gloom and doom. Readings, right? And they all have, and they're referred to as the apocalyptic text of what's going on. Scripture scholars tell us that they came out of 
the lived experience of the people of the time. While we don't know much about the context of which the first reading is talking about from the prophet Malachi and what it was written, we can certainly see that there was a great concern about the day of the Lord that was spoken, the day of vindication and justice for the world, and what it looks like for God's people. As we, hear, as we heard in that first reading, the sun of justice will arise with its healing rays for those who have remained faithful to the Lord. And in the people of Luke's community, we, we have come to know by the fact that we know who Luke is talking to. He's talking to the Gentiles and a mixed variety of Jews and the community that's struggling to find and claim their identity as followers of Jesus. Apart from non-believers, if the temple in Jerusalem had strong meaning to them, they would have had to reframe their identity after it was destroyed. And since this gospel was written after its destruction, they had to re figure out what is this identity. In addition, they were already dealing with the, the, the fact that the second coming was, not, was no longer considered an imminent as it once was. Surely all that they had known and thought to be true had come to an end at the death of Christ. And so Luke wanted to reinforce them in them and to warn them of getting caught up in these matters and concrete and perseverance in following the Lord. He wanted to remind them that what is promised of our Lord, what is that idea of following? What are those things that he says in this gospel? He says, see that you do, be not deceived by false idols, basically. Do not be terrified. Not a hair on your head will be destroyed, and by your perseverance, you will live secure lives. He warns us, but he also gives us hope. He warns us not to be deceived, but he gives us hope that God will protect you. God will guide you. By living faithful to me, you will have eternal life. Now, why it's consoling to know that we are not and have not been the only ones to experience our world, the, the world as we know it, coming to an end. What does our faith tell us? What does Scripture tell us? Quite simply, quite beautifully, it tells us that, our, that we have to have faith, that Christ is near, that Christ is present, that Christ wants to be with us. In fact, he is with us. He dies on the cross for us. And so how do we persevere? How do we not lose hope? Especially in the moments where it seems like all is lost. Well, it's a great thing that we have this, have sacraments, right? The, the idea of Christ walking with us, Christ guiding us, Christ being present. He's there. He's supplying the graces that are needed. And every Sunday we come here when we celebrate the Eucharist. We celebrate the Eucharist that gives us power. And many of you, I know for a fact, come and spend an hour in the Adoration Chapel. 
to be recharged. And so rely on him. Continue to go to him. Seek his advice. Because when we seek his advice and we relate ourselves to him, we're persevering. And every, more, every so often we grow in that deeper relationship with him and he nourishes us and he gives us the strength to continue through. We begin to see how he is interacting with us and how he's allowing us to speak wisdom from the heart. We begin to realize everything that is being taught. And so, how are you persevering? In addition to that, today, talking about those worries, those anxieties, those fears, those things that are, 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 are coming, continue to bring them. And in a few minutes, we're going to have the preparation of the altar, the preparation of gifts. Bring those worries, those anxieties, whatever it may be, and place them before the foot of the cross. Say, Jesus, here are these things. Here are the things that are, are, are absolutely driving me insane. They're, they're causing me unwanted anxieties. Here are these things. I give them to you. Increase my love. Help me to experience your love because our Lord wants to take those burdens, those fears away from us so that we can live in union with him. And so as, as you come to the close of this year, maybe this week, this liturgical year, this week, reflect, think about how is it that I need to grow in my relationship with the Lord? How can I continue to persevere so that I can live that promise, that true promise of our Lord that by my perseverance, my life will be secure.